Hello, Miss Fitz. Hello, Miss Fitz. It's morning meeting time. Yes, it is. For Thursday, May 7th. Thursday. Man. And it's just the two of us again. Oh, there's so much space in here. So roomy. <laughs> Although I did tell Miss Bit, I'm wrapped up in a blanket with an ice pack on my knee because I ran into my desk chair. <laughs> my knee is rapidly swelling and turning black and blue. So that's how much I care about this podcast. I'm just horribly injured and I'm still here. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> oh, Speaking life, of injury. Life is so hard, yes. Speaking of injury, our riddle yesterday had to do with a terrible injury. A boy fell off of a 100-foot ladder, but he was not injured. How? This is a logic puzzle. Like, I'm learning that there are different kinds of riddles and puzzles. Yeah, and, and we, had one, we had one similar to this. Yes. So I'm hoping I would have known it, even though I see the answer right here. <laughs> and I, I'll remind our listeners of that one. It was about the window washer. Right who was 25 stories up and fell, but wasn't hurt. And we learned that it was because they were inside. Yes. So if you didn't get it before, maybe that gave you a clue. The boy fell off the hundred foot ladder, but he was not injured because he was on the bottom step when he fell. And didn't, have, he, a, and didn't have an office chair right behind him. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe he's sitting and icing his knee right now. And he and I can be friends. <laughs> What's our joke for the day? Did you hear the one about the little mountain? No. It's hilarious. <laughs> I feel like you have to see this one. It's hilarious. Yeah, I probably didn't. I probably didn't emphasize enough. Because uh, the tiny mountain is a hill. Guys, I think this is a sign that we need more listener jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. For sure. So if you have a funny joke and you would like to share it with us, we would love to say it on the air and we can steal your funniness and play it off as our own. Cool. No, we'll give you credit. We'll give you credit. What's your bright spot for the day? So today I have been working on Girls Geek Day, a virtual, our first virtual version of it that's going to happen this Saturday. And so I've been receiving videos from folks like you about the activities and man it's going to be so good i'm so excited about this opportunity i'm i'm so sad that we're not going to be in person but i'm so happy and grateful for everybody who is you know volunteering their time and sharing really excellent engaging videos and activities i can't wait to see them all it was kind of awkward filming my own because the magic of girls geek day is that it's all these girls coming together and most of them don't know each other and so everybody is excited but nervous and there's this kind of like sparkle in the air and i'm really excited to see how that translates online because i know it will because these girls are amazing yeah. and because it's digital we're going to have a bigger and more widespread community than ever so, and everything you managed to put together, Miss Bit, is just, it's magic. So I can't wait to see how it goes on Saturday. Thank you so much. And yes, there's till, still time to register. So we'll make sure to have that link in our resource page. What about you? What's your bright spot? I have been recording my reading for a few years now. So when I'm at school, I have a big wall outside of the library. And every time I finish a book, I print out the cover and I tape it to the wall. And so it starts as just one cover in the middle of this empty wall. And then as the year goes on, it turns into this big colorful collage of all the covers that I've read. And I started it at a student request because they wanted to know what I was reading. And it's become this tradition that I love. And when I walk past the wall, I feel really proud and I have great conversations with parents and visitors and kids and teachers and everybody about this wall. 
it's become one of my favorite things about work and I can't get to my wall. No, <laughs> no you um, can't. Which is sad. It is a fantastic wall, I will say. I it, it. it inspires me too. And, and just to watch it grow, you wonder, okay, she, it, she's going to run out of room, but then she just goes to another wall. <laughs> it does get a little intense, gets a little big. But so I've had to kind of recreate the way I share my reading. I still track it. I transitioned this year. I use Goodreads now just to track what I've done. And so normally on the first of the month, I write a blog post and a quick Instagram post about what I've read and my favorites and I share all the covers. So since I don't have my wall, I've been doing that digitally and just creating a collage. And reading has been hard for me since school has closed. Kids are really my driving force when I'm reading. I read what they're reading. I read to talk to them. And I think I talked on the podcast pretty openly about the fact that I struggled to read for almost a month. I've been a reader my whole life. So when I can't connect with a text, I feel a little bit lost when I don't have that escape and, and that connection. And so around mid-April, I kind of got my mojo back. I found an audiobook that I connected with and it started to snowball. And so when I did my What is Miss Speaks reading for this month. I was so excited to see that I managed to read 16 books in April, which is lower than what I normally read, but I'm super proud of that. It was hard and I struggled and I persevered and I kept pushing. And so I put up my blog post this morning and I can't see my wall, but I can look at what I've done and still feel proud of it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's 16 books. I cannot, that is not my rate. <laughs> Well, it's also, I, I always remind people like it is, it is my job to read. Yes, Since I yes. started this job, I try to read two hours a day every single day because if I don't know what the new books are, you know, that puts me, puts me out of my game. So yeah, I got to know. Yeah. If you're not tracking your reading, it feels really good to look hmm. at what you're reading. So listeners, go for it. And we also had a question from Ms. Corbin, who's one of the teachers at our school, reached out to us via email. And she asked us, I'm pretty sure just personally as teachers, but we have some really smart listeners. So I'm going to put this out here to you as well. She's looking for fun Zoom games and activities for her class. I spend a lot of time prepping lessons, but don't spend as much time on Zoom as our listeners do. So if you have played a game, a greeting, a share, something on Zoom that was super fun, will you tell us so we can pass it along and other kids can enjoy that fun activity too? I could use that as well. <laughs> yes, we're crowdsourcing. Yes, great. <laughs> So I am kind of taking over with resources today because yeah. I want to talk about sound. I'm into it. <laughs> so I have said before that, you know, I'm really happy that we're doing just the two of us. And that's because, you know, I just like hanging out with you. But also it turns out it's much easier to edit. And it has nothing to do with the length of the podcast. It has to do with the rhythm of each speaker. So I am learning so much since we started this podcast. When we started, I had used Audacity, this tool that I'm using to do editing a little bit, but you know, I, I was no, by no means a uh, very good. And so once we started this, you know, I had to kind of dive into that and you've recognized how things have improved over our time. And oh my gosh, you're amazing. <laughs> There are little tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and video tutorials that I've watched that have helped me. But I've always been fascinated by sound anyway. I just love seeing sound in digital format because, you know, you see these waves and you see how things can be quiet or they can be loud or they can be high or they can be low and all that you see visually, which is really amazing. And back to my point about just the two of us, I have started to recognize our patterns. <laughs> and so it's easy for me when I'm editing to get with the flow and 
you know, I can tell when we're saying, um, and that one I won't delete, but I, I try to delete a lot of our, um, so funny to me and awkward pauses and kind of just keep things rolling. But then when you add a guest in, which is great, you know, that adds energy and new ideas. And so I love it, but it also adds work because that's a new flow kind of have to get into. So it's just interesting. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that before, but now I do. I do get questions about that sometimes from our listeners is how we split up the work of our podcast. And this has a lot to do with it. Miss Bit does the sound editing and I create any sort of graphic that we need. And that happened pretty naturally because those are our strengths and those are the things that we love to do. I do think you kind of got the short end of the stick though. because we don't create graphics that often and you have to edit every episode, but you are so good at it. Well, you're also our outreach person. You do a lot more connections on social media than I do. So I'm feeling fine about that. And I'm, like I said, I'm learning a lot and I'm enjoying it. If I wasn't enjoying it, believe you me, I would have said (laughs) uncle a long time ago. So I wanted to share some resources that I found that have been helpful for me. One is uh, starting your podcast, a guide for students. So podcasting really is a pretty low floor activity to get started with. You don't have to have a lot of things. We both have microphones and it happens that we have the same microphone and that really helps. But, you know, Mm -hmm. otherwise we're just using our laptops and we're using uh, Zoom accounts that we have through our schools to do the recording. And then we're using Audacity, which is a free audio editor. You know, there's a lot of information about how you can do the podcasting, but more importantly, what you want to get out of your podcast, those things that you have to think about that are behind the scenes to set you up for success when you start recording. So like the things that we do, we have a a little plan for each day about the things we want to make sure we cover. So we have something to talk about and we don't go too long. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious, what do you think is the most important of all of those pieces that you need in place? I know which one I think is the most important. What about you? So I think you have to have the plan, right? You have to have a goal statement. I'd say like, what's your overarching purpose for the podcast, an audience that you want to reach, and then a layout of your plan and planning. You know, when we first started this, we were going to do monthly. So we had a few months planned out, but doing daily, like, wow, you really got (laughs) to, you really got to get some things laid out. Mm -hmm. So I think having that is really important. And then the other things you can, you know, scrape by with. And I, I think that if, if you're talking by yourself, you want to be comfortable, but also if you have like a co-host or a partner or whatever, it's got to be someone you like. I think if I were on here with someone I didn't like, the listeners would be able to tell. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, think it's pretty the, obvious that we like each other. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that we do hear from listeners is that they really like our rapport. So that's nice. Yeah. It helps if you've been friends for years. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. And then the other resource I'm sharing is a tutorial or like the top tips on using Audacity. There are a lot of video tutorials about Audacity and Audacity is free. You can use it on a Mac or Windows. And I would definitely recommend after you have a plan to play around with Audacity before you get started. So you know the kind of things that you're going to have to be doing. But this particular video, I've used so many tips from it. Like when we first started recording, I didn't know that I should be normalizing our sound because sometimes we're really loud, especially when we're laughing. It's <laughs> and sometimes we're quiet. You're being or if our guests have different microphones that are not as um, good or whatever, mm-hmm. or they might be sitting back, you know, there's all these different levels of sound. And our first podcast, I think I just put it out there and 
my husband and I were listening to in the car. And boy, when those laughs came, it was like really loud. It's like, oh, I got to figure that out. Um, so they're just little tips like that, that you might not think about before you actually listen to it in a different environment. That's a question I get from listeners a lot too, is, is it live? And no, we, we record the day before and then it comes out in the morning. And I don't think there's a huge amount of editing. You're not cutting giant chunks out and sewing things together, but we sneeze. We, um, sometimes my cat meows, like there are things that need to be edited out and it's only because of your practice with audacity that it sounds as good as it does. So uh, a tip of my cap to you, ma'am. Well, thank you. <laughs> so then this relates to our challenge, which is actually a challenge that I gave to the students at STAB as well in our music and movement classes with Miss Evans and Miss Redfern Cave. They have been exploring sounds, so going outside and, and doing a sound journal, listening to the different sounds you hear, mm -hmm. describing them, almost describing in words kind of what sound looks like, if you will, and then also coming inside and making instruments out of things that are just in your house and figuring out what that kind of sounds sounds like. So they've been doing all this sound exploration and I thought it would be really cool if we could take some of those sounds and create a soundscape. And so there's tutorials for Scratch Junior and Scratch. And Scratch Junior is for like kindergarten, first, second grade age, and it works on tablets. It's free, but you have to download it. And then Scratch will work on any connected device, but it's a little bit more advanced. So I usually don't start that until third grade and up. You may recognize it if you competed in Project Underwear yesterday. Yes, yes, you will have seen it there. So in the soundscape, you're going to record sounds. And the cool thing, especially in Scratch, but even in Scratch Junior, you can see what the sound looks like as you're recording it. So you can experiment. Like there's sounds that are very smooth. They have smooth edges. And then there's sounds that are like those caterpillars, you know, that are very bumpy. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so interesting to see all these sounds. So you'll record them, kind of see what they look like. You can do a little bit of editing and scratch the sounds, and then you'll assign it to a sprite. And the soundscape is actually going to be something called generative sound, which means that every time you play the program, it's going to generate a new set of sounds oh. because they're going to all play together because your code is going to kind of randomize it. So it's never going to play the same thing twice. That's cool. So have you made soundscapes? Have you played around with this? Do you have any tips for people who want to try it out? I have, yeah, because I made a demo. One thing you need to do is keep the sounds pretty short. So because as the, the sprites are touching, if your sound goes on too long and then they touch again, you're going to get some weird stuff happening. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so when you're recording a sound, you can record it longer, but then edit it down to just a little little piece of sound, at least for this particular project. That sounds cool. Yeah. Oh, see what I did there? Sounds. <laughs> Sounds cool. Oh, so funny. I didn't even mean to. So that's our creative challenge for the day. Create a soundscape. I have one more resource to share with you today. Some of our listeners will recognize this name as soon as I say it, but the Princess in Black is back with a new adventure. This is a really popular early reader illustrated chapter book series in our library. The Princess in Black is back and she is taking on the coronavirus 
Uh, this is the most recent book. I'm saying book in quotations because it really is a PDF, but they put it together to help kids understand the coronavirus. And I love that they say, calling all heroes. The princess in black is facing a problem she can't defeat by herself. And on this first page, there's these little cute monsters. Is it a monster? Is it a sea creature? A giant? And she says, no, it's a germ so tiny we can't even see it. And the way we can help fight this problem is as easy as one, two, three, which talks about washing your hands, staying at home, and keeping a social distance. So for students that already love this character and have read Princess in Black stories, what a great way to make the coronavirus less scary and a little more familiar, but also to stress how important these things are. I love anytime a program or an author or a famous character takes something and puts it into comfortable territory. Like, COVID-19 is scary. COVID-19 with Big Bird, slightly less scary. Yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus, I don't know what it means. Coronavirus with the princess in black, oh, I can do that. So it's another good resource available thanks to the hard work of an author and illustrator team uh, that can help you talk to your kids about COVID-19, coronavirus, and why we're living the way we are right now and why it's important. Yeah, it's just amazing. Again, another example of people really jumping in and providing timely resources. Yes. And I'm assuming for free, I downloaded this for free. It was shared in one of my Facebook groups for literacy educators. And so this is a really profitable series, but they're offering this for free because they know that kids need it. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I will pay them back by purchasing their other books, of course, because I, I believe in their work and I, I want providing things for free isn't easy for authors and illustrators. So I want to do my part to support because they're helping us. So I do have our closing riddle. I have three eyes and one leg. Obey me or you'll be sorry. What am I? All right, Misfits, until tomorrow. Tech, love, and happiness.